Yeah, so I go to Harris Teeter, right? And to me, this is important news. And I find some chocolate milk, and it's whole milk, chocolate milk. So it's got all the fat. Like, it's the all-natural organic milk, if I don't say so myself. Because like Ron Swanson said, skim milk is lying. It's not really milk, right? That stuff's basically water. But whole milk... That's what they give babies who need to get muscular and growth. Like when I have a kid, he's getting nothing but whole milk from the time he's born to like his whole entire life because you got to build some girth on the kid, man. You know, big head, big neck, big arms. And my baby's going to be have fat rolls basically all over the place. But needless to say, I'm in Harris Teeter and they've got this whole milk chocolate milk and it says real big on the label supports brain health. And I knew it, man. I knew it. That chocolate milk, that whole chocolate milk was the best thing for you because it it supports brain health. Like to me, that's groundbreaking news. Like in the realm of food, like I'm pretty serious, right? Like I would say I'm a food connoisseur, like Steve Irwin, rest in peace, but like I'm that. Like what he was to alligators, I'm that to food. And especially when it comes to two things, whole milk. And biscuits and gravy. Now, that's all we need. Our next revelation somehow is going to be that biscuits and gravy is like the greatest thing in the world. And it also supports brain health. But this is bigger than Columbus finding America. This is bigger than Isaac Newton discovering gravity. Whole chocolate milk supports brain health. Stay healthy. Drink your chocolate milk. Get the whole variety because if it's anything else, it's lying. Let's get to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt. Today is Sunday, September 30th, 2018, the very last day of the baseball season. I'm Q-Dog on the mic. We're going to... Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin, right? So, end of September, beginning of October, like, I I have... I'm, I might be developing, like, an alcoholism problem. Like, I am so stressed beyond belief. Like at my job, I have 58 hours of vacation time. I'm about to take it all right now because we're the last day of the season. The NL Central's not figured out anywhere with the exception of the Atlanta Braves and the AL East. Like I need a Xanax and a massage. Like someone pamper me, please. I'm about to go out and get a pedicure. Literally anything to relieve the stress that I'm feeling in my head because here's what we're looking at today. (laughs) First of all, This is the biggest baseball day of the whole entire year. Game 162, and we've got two out of three National League divisions that they're not even figured out. Procrastination is the best thing in Major League Baseball. And my, I mean, my hair is going to start to fall out, dude. Here's what we have, right? Watch some baseball, dude. Tell your wife, tell your husband, tell your kids. Like, lock them all out of the house, send them to Target, send them wherever. Like, I don't really care because the Dodgers play the Giants and the Rockies play the Nationals. That division's not figured out yet, right? No, they're tied. Dead-ass tied. Through 161 games, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies are tied. Dude, how? Like, you can sit back and ask yourself, how... Can these major league baseball teams play 161 games, right? Because that surely has to be enough time to figure everything out. But it's not. They're tied. 
But wait, there's more. The Chicago Cubs play the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Brewers play the Detroit Tigers, and they're dead-ass tied for the NL Central crown. Tied, locked up after 161 games. I don't even know what to think about this. This is like your 50th wedding anniversary and waiting like the hour before the party to like get your significant other a gift. There's been plenty of time to figure this thing out, but does it not make for the greatest baseball, right? But So what you've got here basically is this. Dodgers win, Rockies lose, or Rockies win, Dodgers lose. Cubs win. You know the deal, right? If in each of these respective divisions, right, if one of the team wins and one of the team loses, team that wins gets the division crown. The team that loses, well, they're marching off to a wildcard game, right? That's what it's going to be. This is huge implications today because you need to win to hopefully get to a five-game series because, you know, a wildcard game is very volatile. You never know what can happen. And on any given day, any baseball team can beat the other baseball team, which is very much a double-edged sword. Like, I love a wild card game. I think the best game I've ever watched in my life, at least in the past probably 10, 15 years, was the 2015 Cubs-Pirates wild card game, right? Those are phenomenal games, but, like, they also are very, shoot, I don't even know what to say. Like, just keep the ibuprofen close by because it's very much like a gift and a curse for a wild card game because if your team loses it, it's like the ultimate like sadness. Like it's like Bodie riding the final wave and Johnny Utah telling the feds that he's not coming back, right? And that's the feeling that you get when you watch a major league baseball wild card game. Yes, I'm talking about the end of point break. Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, one of the greatest movies, probably a top five greatest movie of all time, right? It probably won a ton of Oscars and Emmys. I'm not 100% sure. But like that in Days of Thunder, you can use those movies for any sports analogy you want. But the final scene in Point Break where Johnny Utah lets Bodie ride that final wave, lets the handcuffs go, throws his badge in the sand, and Bodie rides the wave of the century, but he's not coming back because the wave's going to kill him because he can't go to prison because he's a surfer and he lives to get radical, right? These are all facts, okay? That's what a Major League Baseball wild card game is. It's the ultimate wave to where it's like, I'm, I live to get radical, man. Let's just inject the adrenaline straight into my cranium and let this thing ride, but when your team wins, it's like they're dead and they're never coming back. So, like, there's a lot of beauty in it, but there's also a lot of heartbreak in it. And that's how I feel right now. But that's what we're going to look at, right? And the craziest thing of this whole thing, right? So if you're a baseball fan and you're telling yourself maybe all four of these teams, let's say none of them are your teams, right? You might be a Cardinals fan or whatever fan you are. The best thing we can hope for today is – the Dodgers and the Rockies and the Cubs and the Brewers, either all four of them losing or all four of them winning. Because if any of these division races are tied at the end of today, buddy, we get a game 163 tomorrow. We get the wild card before the wild card, right? And that's the beauty of the baseball season. You can play all these games, but the story behind we need a game 163 to figure this out is one of the most beautiful things in all of sports. And we've got a chance to see two tie-breaking games tomorrow, which they'll kick off at 105 and 405 Eastern time for so I think the Dodgers would play the earlier game and then the Cubs would play the later game. And we might get a game 163 tomorrow. So get your excuses in, call in for work if you want to. 
If you're a little nervous to call into work, you do have a couple options. One, you could pull a fire alarm, just yank that bastard down because it's only a $1,000 fine. So, you know, dude, your life needs priorities. If you're not willing to spend $1,000, I don't know what to tell you. Just yank the fire alarm. If you don't want to yank the fire alarm, send us a direct message via Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, and we'll call in for you. I'll be Dr. Quentin Medicine Man, and I'll say so-and-so can't come to work today because they've got diarrhea. You can't argue with it. If, if, if that's what's going on in your stomach, I promise you, your employer is not going to pry. They're just going to say, all right, stay home. Then sit your butt home and watch the baseball games. That's what we're working with, right? Okay, now, <laughs> oh, shoot. Listen, dudes, this thing would not be right if I didn't make any predictions. Now, we know that my history in predictions is beaten, it's not unbeaten. I said that correctly. It's beaten. I'm O for everything when it comes to predictions. But right at this very second, I'm ready to buckle down. I'm ready to get my crap together. And I'm going to make a decision. Right? I'm going to make a prediction. So here's what we got. Okay. First prediction. Los Angeles Dodgers, San Francisco Giants. I'm going to predict the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? Okay, so what they did is very interesting, right? So last night, the Dodgers decided that they were going to start Rich Hill today uh, because today, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, was Walker Bueller's day to start. But they want to hold old walkie walk back because in the event that the Dodgers have to pitch a wild card game or play in-game 163 on Monday, it seems to be that they want to hold Walker Bueller back for that. They cannot use Clayton Kershaw because he pitched yesterday, went five innings and gave up five earned. Not a great start, but it was enough for the Dodgers to win to 10-6. So with the Dodgers going with Rich Hill, I figure Richie Rich will probably go about five innings tops, and knowing Dave Roberts, he might only go four and then we might see a lot of bullpen guys come out. And it looks to me like his plan is get Richie out today. If he gives you four or five, I mean, he's bound to give you seven because Rich is a contact guy and he can keep a pitch count low, which would be an ideal situation, right? But I am going to go with the Dodgers winning because I like Rich Hill in this situation. The guy that the Giants are starting, I think he can get rocked. And I think Rich Hill's going to succeed pretty good against the Giant batters. A lot of the guys have seen Rich a lot for sure. But the Dodgers just have a ton of firepower. Jock Peterson is slaughtering the the leadoff spot in this whole thing. Last night, the, in this Dodgers team, right? I, I mean, I forget about them. See, right now they're a 90-win team. And I love to bash the Dodgers because they've given the Cubs trouble in the past. But Jock Peterson's batting leadoff, which he probably will today, and he, he's doing really good in a leadoff position. On the season, he's got an 844 OPS, so he's slugging the ball pretty good, no doubt about it. Right, Justin Turner, I don't have to tell you about Justin Turner. He's batting second. Max Muncy went two for six yesterday. He's batting third. I think he leads this whole team in home runs, if I'm not mistaken. Manny's batting fourth. You got Cody fifth. Yasiel Puig, the wild horse. The guy, I mean, he's heating up. Late up, shoot! I'll tell you his stats recently. You know I'm not gonna. He's been hitting a lot of home runs late. That's really all you have to know. You got Yasmani at seven and Kike at eight. Right, the Dodgers are gonna win today's game, a hundred percent, no doubt. Now, when we go 
But that's what's going to happen with the Dodgers, right? They'll win today. They might not have to play a wild card game. I'm hoping they play game 163, and that's where Walker Buehler comes out. Walker Buehler can give you, say, seven, eight innings of good pitched ball. If you have not watched Walker Buehler pitch, please do. He's got a classic, classic windup. He throws the ball so smooth. He's dominant on the mound. He's the best rookie starting pitcher, and he actually might be the best thing the Dodgers got going for him right now in the starting rotation. Clayton obviously is a little rusty when it comes to, you know, because he's been hurt a little bit this year. Obviously, he gave up five earned yesterday in five innings. But Walker Buehler and this Dodgers team find a success in the postseason. I think a lot of it's going to depend on Walker. If that can make it to where Clayton Kershaw doesn't have to be your guy, then that's huge because Clayton Kershaw is awful in the postseason. It blows my, well, actually, it doesn't blow my mind, but Clayton Kershaw, there's such a discrepancy with Clayton Kershaw's regular season numbers and his postseason stats. They don't even look like the same person. Whatever, dude, right? Because Clayton Kershaw is going to be the best regular season pitcher ever. Clayton Kershaw is the Peyton Manning minus the two championships of Major League Baseball. But that's what you're going to work with. But we still have to see, even if the Dodgers win today, there's a still chance that they might need Walker for a one-game playoff. The Nationals play the Rockies today. I've got the Rockies in this matchup all day long because I think their bullpen's going to be a little better because this might end up being a bullpen game because the starters for the Rockies and the Nats aren't guys. They're guys that both have a five earned run average. And Eric Fetty for the Nationals, I think the Rockies are going to absolutely tee off on him. David Dahl's getting hot. It's pretty ridiculous. You've got Nolan Arenado in there. You got Chuck Nasty. Chuck Nasty. Probably the best nickname in all of Major League Baseball besides like, I like Ground Chuck too for the Astros. That's uh, Charlie Morton. But I think the Rockies and the Dodgers are both going to win their game and we're going to get a game 163 tomorrow and it's going to be the Rockies and the Dodgers. So the Rockies and the Dodgers are both going to win today. I like where the Rockies offense is obviously their pitching is going to be good enough. I mean, obviously, Trevor Story's 905 OPS. These guys are nuts from top to bottom. Blackman, LeMahieu, David Dahl's got an 863 OPS. I don't even know much about this guy, but he's coming on strong like Cole Trickle with 12 laps left of Days of Thunder. Told you I'd find a Days of Thunder analogy for sports. It's the best movie ever, dude. Uh, Trevor Story batting fifth, dude. Cargo batting sixth. I mean, the lineup doesn't stop with these guys, right? And we all know what the Nationals have done, but... There's nothing more the Nats would rather do than play spoiler today if they can for anybody. But with Eric Fetty on the mound, it's probably not going to happen, right? Okie dokie, Smokey. Next on the list, okay, I'm going to do my best. If you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. But the Cubs play the Cardinals today. The Brewers play the Tigers today. The Brewers, they're going to win their game today 100%. Christian Yelich cannot be stopped. He's like the Terminator in Terminator 2, who's like when he's in the mall rescuing John Connor and he's just walking through walls. That's what Christian Yelich is right now. Christian Yelich is the Terminator who's walking through walls. If we Hannibal Lectured Christian Yelich right now and cut the skin off of his face, there would be a cyborg T-1000 underneath the guy. There would be a red eyeball looking at you, analyzing, who you are, height, weight, the pitch that's coming at you, he's a Terminator. He's a cyborg. He is a robotic. He is being controlled by somebody else. 
I don't really know, but he's not a human life form. And he'll walk through a wall, cut his face off. There's a robot underneath. That's Christian Yelich. It's not going to happen. He hits home runs at will. But realistically, Christian Yelich has a real shot at the Triple Crown. He's tied for the league lead in home runs, two RBIs behind Javier Baez. And he might, if he doesn't lead the league in batting, he's like second right now. When it comes to second halves and Christian Yelich, the whole thing is completely crazy. With what he's done in the second half, Christian Yelich will be the National League MVP, and he deserves to be National League MVP. There's no question in my mind. So here are Christian Yelich's second half numbers, right? Per fan graphs, he's got a 5.2 war. The guy below him in second place, it's Matt Chapman at 3.9. Mookie Betts is at 3.6. Ronald Acuna, who has helped lead the Braves to their first AL East title and winning season because the Braves have lost like 90 games the past two or three seasons, he's fourth in war. Right now in the second half of the season, Christian Yelich is a better player than Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Ronald Acuna, Alex Bregman, the Manny Machado, like the list goes on. Like name whoever. He's a he's better in the second half than Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez. Probably combined, he's blowing Juan Soto out of the water. And he, Javier Baez, per war, is like the 30th best player in the second half in all of baseball. Christian Yelich is the MVP. And his numbers, not only does he lead in war for the second half, right? If my computer will load fast enough, he leads in batting average. In the second half, post All-Star break, he's batting 364. He's slugging 776. That, my friends, is Barry Bonds. I'm on the best steroids and my head grew four sizes stuff. Right? This is otherworldly. I'm telling you, he's a robot. Cut his insides open. There's a T1000 underneath. His weighted runs created plus. It's a stat that tells you how productive he is offensively. His, that number is at 220 for him. The next best guy is like not even at 200. It's completely crazy. His isolated power, he is hitting with the most power in all of baseball in the second half. Christian Yelich. Two notable guys. No, no. Three noticeable guys that he's hitting for more power than. Uh, Chris Davis, who has 48 home runs on the season, and Joey Gallo, the most violent, destructive, if you're not first, you're last swing in all of baseball. With Joey Gallo, it's the fence or nothing. The kid is strong. And Shohei Otani. Otani, Gallo, Chris Davis. Yelich is hitting the ball harder for more power, more extra base hits than all of those guys. And on top of that, he don't strike out 17.1% K rate. That's low. When it comes to 17.1%, let me tell you who Christian Yelich strikes out less than. And I'm just winging this whole thing. The only thing I planned was to hit record and start talking. So thanks for hanging out and listening. He strike. Oh, that list is way too long. Well, 17%, he's not striking out that much, which is pretty impressive because he's hitting with so much power. And a lot of guys that hit with a ton of power, they do a pretty decent amount of striking out. Like Bryce Harper's strikeout rate is probably like 20 something percent, right? So, like Chris Davis, who leads all of baseball in home runs, his strikeout is 26.5%. And post all star break, Chris Davis has 27 home runs. Christian Yelich is second. 
post-All-Star break in home runs with 25 home runs, but he's only striking out 17% of the time compared to Chris Davis's 26 and a half, literally 10% less just about that he's striking out less than these real big premier power hitters in the league. Javi Baez carries a 27.3% strikeout rate. Shohei Otani's at 28.2, right? Giancarlo stands at 28%. These guys that I'm naming, Christian Yelich is hitting the ball harder and has more power post-All-Star break than all of these guys I'm naming, but his strikeout rate is so key to this whole thing making it work because he can slug the crap out of the ball, but you're not really going to strike him out as much as you would a traditional power hitter. This guy is so important to the Milwaukee Brewers, and there is zero question right now I'm a Cubs fan. Remember this. There's zero question that Christian Yelich is the National League MVP. I wish Javi Baez was, but Christian Yelich, man, he's doing amazing things. Phenomenal situation a couple days ago. His brother just finished a four-year tour with the Marines and watched his brother hit a home run, and then the very next day hit two home runs, right? Dude, kid is crazy right now. Christian Yelich is your deal. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to win today. I don't even know who they're sending up to the mound. But when it comes to offense for the Brewers, they're, they're pretty stacked, man. You got Jesus Aguilar. He's got the best dance in all of baseball post-home run. But what Christian Yelich is doing, man, it's beautiful. It When I say it's Barry Bonds-esque, and, I mean, it really is. This is all pretty crazy stuff. But when you look at the Cardinals and the Cubs, this is a matchup that's like, oh, crap. We might have problems. So the St. Louis Cardinals are pitching Blackjack Flaherty today. They're going to send Blackjack to the mound. Now let's look. What I'm going to tell you right now is what he's done against the Cubs. And Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty's my favorite rookie pitcher, right? He's one of my favorite pitchers in all of baseball. He, him and Walker Bueller, they pitch really close to like the same style. And what I like about watching them both pitch, not only because they're good, right? So Black Jacks, he's 8-8 eight and eight with a 316 ERA. He started 27 games this year, and he's got a whip of 1.08, which is really low for a pitcher right now because if you can only allow about one guy on base per inning, which is what that number tells us, you're going to be in pretty good shape, which is a pretty big reason why his earned run average stays Right now, at a low three, and with a whip of close to one, you're always going to put your team in a good position to win, right? But Jack Flaherty's my favorite. He's one of my, shoot, Jack Flaherty might, if we're not counting Shohei Otani, he's my favorite pitcher to watch in all of baseball right now, Jack Flaherty is. I've somehow found myself watching a ton of St. Louis Cardinals games, and I've always been a Cubs fan my whole life, and my brother's been a Cardinals fan because we grew up in the southern part of Illinois. So, like, I always despise the Cubs, but when you start having your own podcast and talking about other teams, you get a lot of time and really want to watch what other teams are doing so you can talk about it. And this St. Louis Cardinals team is beyond fun to watch. They're not going to make the postseason. They were eliminated yesterday because... The Rockies won. So they're not going to make the postseason this year, but next year they're going to be a team to really talk about and watch. So Blackjack Flaherty's pitched a few times against the Cubs this year. One time he went five innings of shutout ball, and then he went to Wrigley, five innings of one run ball, and that's what he's done. So he's pitched 10 innings against the Cubs this year and given up one earned run. And sending going to the mound... 
for the Cubs is Mike Montgomery, who carries about a four-earned run average. I'm not too sure what he's done against the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't really have to look at that because I know who Mike is as a pitcher. And here's what's going to happen with the Cubs. If the Cubs can get Mike Montgomery to go about four or five innings, the Mike Montgomery situation for the Cubs today could look a lot like the Rich Hill situation with the the Dodgers to where if they can get him go if they can get him in five innings and keep that to zero to two runs it's going to be a bullpen game post that and they're going to really do it if I'm predicting today's game I'm going to predict the Chicago Cubs to win even though I like Jack Flaherty better in the situation let you know let me just go ahead I'll give you Mike Montgomery's stats against the Cubs while I'm talking but here's what I like about the Chicago Cubs one Mike Montgomery has been on a big stage, right? When the Cubs won their World Series, Mike Montgomery was on the hill. Mike Montgomery can pitch in the clutch, so I don't really care what his stats say and how crappy he pitches against, like, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't really care. But with the Chicago Cubs team, the Cubs are a championship-caliber team, and there's no doubt about it. So I predict that the Chicago Cubs are going to win today's game just because of what they've been through as a team, how towards the end of the season, everyone's kind of getting healthy with Chris Bryant. Um, Anthony Rizzo is, hitting-wise, is probably like a top 15 player in all of baseball for the second half. They look really good. Now, Mike Montgomery has pitched a couple times against the Chicago Cubs. It looks like a couple times it's been in relief. Um So he's had two relief appearances against them, which was uh, four innings of no-hit ball. And then he had two starts against the Cardinals in July, which was five innings in one run. Oh, excuse me, six innings in one run, but then five innings in five runs when he went to St. Louis. So at Wrigley Field, where the Cubs are playing at, he seems to have fared pretty well against them. But just who the Cubs are as a team, getting everyone back together, the lineup today is probably going to be Murphy 1, uh, Ben Zobras 2, which might be, listen, Daniel Murphy batting first and Ben Zobras batting second. Say what you want about the Chicago Cubs and their ability to just be the Chicago Cubs forever. <laughs> right, that's a pretty good one-two punch at the top of this lineup. I, I don't necessarily know that it's like Acuna and Albies or anything like that, but I mean, it, it, it's a pretty good combo, right? Because those are two guys. You know, Murphy's a lefty. Benny can switch hit. Those are guys they can get on base. They can put the ball in play. And that's what they are, right? These guys are true hitters where they're not going to try to force anything at the plate. And they're also not going to strike out a lot. They both bat pretty close to 300. We, and they, they can both hit home runs if they have to. But what those guys do is for Ben Zobrist and... Daniel Murphy to succeed, it really doesn't depend on what the pitcher throws them because they can take anything and handle it. So their success isn't dependent upon how good the pitcher is or not. It's just them finding a pitch and doing with it what they will. They're Play-Doh, right? They can mold to anything. But I like the Cubs in this matchup for sure. And I think if we're lucky, we're going to have two Monday game 163 matchups. And those are kind of like my predictions for what you're going to see today. So let's hope it happens. Tune into the games. There's going to be a ton of excitement right now. I don't know when the games start, but I think they're both probably afternoon games. Maybe not the Dodgers, but I think the Cubs play at like 3 o'clock, Cubs cards. But I'm telling you, I'll go back to the St. Louis Cardinals, man, hands down. They're not making the playoffs, but this is an exciting team that's going to come into next year. Carlos Martinez, he earned the save yesterday against the Cubs and only threw five pitches. Carlos Martinez has the potential 
to be a phenomenal closer for these guys with Jordan Hicks being the setup man. I've got a new nickname for Jordan Hicks, and it's called your favorite rock and roll radio station. That's nothing he's ever going to get printed on the back of his jersey, but he can throw a baseball 105.1 miles an hour, which was like my favorite rock and roll radio station growing up. So that's what I say, like Jordan Hicks's numbers, like they look like a radio station on your dial because they're like 103.5, 105.1, 104.5. And it's like, dude, what the heck? If Jordan Hicks is going to be your setup guy for the Cardinals next year, and Carlos Martinez is going to be your closer, throwing four different pitches that are really good, you got a starting rotation with Miles Michaelis, who won 18 games this season, which is tied for the National League lead with Max Scherzer and John Lester. Ever heard of the guys? Yeah, you're talking Cy Young and championship pedigree and Miles Michaelis with a sub-3 ERA. I mean, he pitched the gym yesterday against the Cubs, and you got Blackjack Flaherty, who is a phenomenal starter for these guys. I mean, the Cardinals are going to look good. They're going to be one of the best teams to watch next season. Harrison Bader's quicker than a jackrabbit on a date. He is the fastest guy in all of baseball. But Kyle Hendricks pitched him, uh, picked him off the other day at first base because Kyle Hendricks is like the quickest picker-offer in all of Major League Baseball. But good baseball coming. Um, you guys just got 30 minutes of baseball, so we'll close this thing out. This is The Greatest Show on Dirt. If you want a free sticker, leave us a review. iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, screenshot the review, send it to us. We'll send you a couple free stickers. And until next time, oh, find us on social media. So at on Twitter is at Greatest on Dirt. Facebook is at Greatest on Dirt. And Instagram is at greatest show on dirt so find us tell us what you like get some baseball news we'll record probably later today and we will keep you in the loop all day hopefully of what's going on in major league baseball but until then you guys have an awesome day enjoy the baseball and take care